Well, this week we're going to finish up our study of the spirit of the Antichrist as it relates to the spirit of phenomena. So last week we looked at the spirit of phenomena and UFOs, UAPs, and so forth. If you have not watched that video, let me encourage you to go back and watch part 11. Uh, but we're going to close out Spirit of the Phenomena today by looking at paranormal activity, some other ways in which this phenomenalistic spirit is manifested in the present age, ways in which we're seeing an uptick in certain unexplainable, so-called paranormal events and activities. So again, to lay the foundation, in case you've not watched some of the previous videos, let me just spend a moment or two uh, looking at the Word of God here. And uh, we're talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, which the Bible plainly says is already in the world. We know the Antichrist is coming. He's going to take the helm of a one-world system and rule the world in a reign of terror following the rapture for a period of about seven years um, until Christ comes back. But the Bible tells us we should be on the lookout. Jesus said, watch the skies and discern the weather. And in the same way, look for the signs of the times. And this spirit is already in the world. We're told that many antichrists have already come. And we should be watching and waiting and being sensitive and being able to discern the spirits. Paul said the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And that's in the context there in 2 Thessalonians 2 of uh, the antichrist. Uh, later on, Paul would say that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Go back and watch the earlier messages in this series, and you'll see where we make the case biblically for the Luciferian conspiracy involving Satan, demons, and men who are conspiring to take over the world. In the last days, perilous times will come. So we're kind of taking a look at what the Bible has to say about the Antichrist, looking at seven manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist based on activities, characteristics of the Antichrist when he does take the throne. And the Bible has a lot to say about that future time in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We started out by looking at the spirit of pretense. We actually spent six or seven dedicated weeks on that, since that is really the essence of the spirit of the Antichrist, deception, the gathering cloud of deception. But then last week, we introduced this idea of the spirit of phenomena, and we're going to close out our look at the spirit of phenomena in this video here today. Uh, so how do we know that phenomena and phenomenalistic types of activity, paranormal activity, are going to be characteristic of the Antichrist. Well, first of all, we're told that he's going to come with all signs and lying wonders. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly because I spent more time on it last week, but I do want to sort of again establish the biblical basis for this study. And then we looked at Revelation chapter 13, and we talked about how in the end times uh, tribulation period, while the church has already been raptured and the wrath of God and the wrath of Satan are being poured out upon the earth, at the midpoint or so, the Antichrist is going to receive a mortal wound. And he's going to be healed from that deadly wound. Now that's clearly a miraculous event. And we know from Scripture that Satan can replicate many of the uh, divine miracles using his evil powers. And certainly this is going to reach a climax during that final seven-year period. So the Antichrist is going to be raised from the dead. His deadly wound will be healed. And here it's talking about the false prophet exercises all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, and causes the earth and those in it who dwell in it to worship that first beast, the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. 
The second beast, or the second in command, the uh, false prophet, the book of Revelation calls him, is going to perform great signs. And he's going to make fire come down from heaven. Uh, and he's going to uh, use these signs to further the great last day's deception. And the great end times deception now, as we've moved out of the last days, which is the present church age, at this point in Revelation 13, and we're into the actual end times. And uh, he's going to uh, cause those who dwell on the earth to worship the image of the beast. We talked about last week how he's going to set up these images. We don't know what those are going to be. In the ancient Near Eastern times, it was not uncommon to actually erect a golden image of some kind, a statue of the king. We even saw the children of Israel do that in the wilderness. But in this end times uh, deception, uh, the Antichrist is going to have an image of him built up. And it's going to be able to be seen throughout the entire world. So are we talking here about uh, cloning? Are we talking about uh, some other type of uh, technology? Uh, what are we talking about here that's going to allow everyone to see him? And then the, the second beast, the false prophet, is going to use signs to force people to worship uh, that beast. The, the image is going to have breath. It's going to be able to speak. And it's going to cause people to be killed if they don't worship that image. What's going on here? This is clearly not the stuff of normal flesh and blood, time, space, and matter type of activity. It's not constrained by the natural laws, so to speak. Uh, at the end of the tribulation, right before the uh, Christ comes back, right before the Battle of Armageddon, at the, in, the, in the context of the Battle of Armageddon, we read that the spirits of demons are going to be performing signs and preparing for that great battle in the great day of God Almighty. So there's clearly one of, the, one of the key characteristics of the Antichrist is his ability to use phenomena to deceive. And the question we're asking in part two of this particular uh, aspect, the spirit of phenomena, is do we see an uptick in phenomenalistic paranormal activity today? Well, let's talk first of all about Project Bluebeam. This was developed in Na by NASA in coordination with uh, the CIA, the official explanation is that it was intended to be a military tool for use as a psyop, a psychological operation to deceive the enemy. That's what their stated purpose is. This system has already been tested. Holographic projections of a, quote, Christ image have been seen in some remote desert areas. And uh, uh, so they're testing this out. The idea was they might be able to project, for example, a, a holographic image of, uh, say, uh, Allah or Muhammad and get uh, Middle Eastern Arab uh, Muslim enemies and terrorists to lay down their weapons because they saw their God, so to speak, uh, uh, tell them to do so. So at least from the military's perspective, there are some uh, applications of this technology, holograms, uh, for use in warfare. Uh, we've seen holographic images displayed in special events and Fourth of July celebrations. I can remember one time attending a, uh, a, a park um, in uh, Branson, Missouri with my family when the kids were younger. That park's since been shut down, but the cl closing out each day, they, show, they had this incredible concert where they showed holographic images, and it was the first time I'd seen such a thing years ago, and it was unbelievable how real it looked. And we're using this type of holographic phenomena already. In fact, you may not be aware of this, but uh, I don't know if you've gotten your tickets yet to Whitney Houston's tour. Yes, Whitney Houston is on tour. Uh, you say, wait a minute, I thought Whitney Houston was dead. Well, she is, but her hologram tour is already 
uh, happening and it's creeping people out. People are getting up in the middle of the concerts and leaving because they just can't get their hands around seeing quote-unquote Whitney Houston on the stage when it's really technology. It's a phenomena. So uh, there was, and then she's not the only one, by the way. There's been the holographic tours of, of Tupac and also of Roy Orbison that have made headlines in recent months. So that's one idea of a phenomena that we're seeing uh, take place, an uptick uh, that could easily be seen as applicable to uh, the end times. What are some other paranormal type activities? Now you might say this holographic technology is not really uh, paranormal, but in the sense that Satan can duplicate anything man can do, uh, maybe he's going to use uh, this holographic ability not in a normal way, but in a, again, a paranormal way in the future and times. And perhaps we're seeing some of that paranormal activity even already. We're told that it's planned and orchestrated, but who knows? Who knows? What's some other paranormal activity we're seeing? Well, uh, for example, in uh, Colorado, it made big news uh, about a year or so ago about all the drones that were flying over Colorado. What are they looking for? What are they watching for? I've actually talked to farmers out in uh, that area uh, of these giant drones that have spread, by the way, to Nebraska. I talked to someone in Nebraska in person who's seen these things. What are they looking for? Who is responsible for them? This is not just some uh, layperson buying a drone on Amazon and then it just so happens that hundreds of people decided to launch their drones at the same time. This is something far more uh, significant than that. And it begs the question, only the military and the U.S. government would have access to that uh, degree and, ex and extent of drones. What are they looking for? What are they searching for? Well, go back and look at last week's subject matter when we talked about these unidentified aerial phenomena. They even call them phenomena. And could it be that there's been an uptick uh, in that type of activity? I talked to another farmer uh, who actually saw and experienced a UAP years ago on his farm. Not only that, but he experienced something that people have experienced all over the world, but gets very little mainstream coverage because we simply cannot explain it. It's paranormal, and that has to do with animal mutilations. Animal mutilations. And this has made some news, but you've got to kind of be on the lookout for it. But these are examples where cattle, horses, even household pets and other animals are left completely mutilated, and there are no tire marks, no footprints, no other signs of any human or predator activity found anywhere near the mutilated carcass. Even in the winter when there's snow, there's no blood. Um, and, uh, and, and certain parts of the animals, particularly the reproductive organs, are have been cut out as if surgically removed with a scalpel. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. And, and, and again, hundreds of thousands of these things all across the world. And it's been going on since the early 80s. The story in America was first broken by a Denver, Colorado news reporter. And uh, there have been books written about it, journal articles about it, investigative inquiries into it. What's going on here? How can you explain this? There's no logical explanation. Buzzards and coyotes refuse to even go anywhere near or eat the mutilated horses and cattle. Something is up. Uh, here's an article from 1995 where it talks about the, the FBI joining an investigation into animal mutilations and the links to, F to UFOs. 
Often in conjunction with finding these mutilated cattle on their property, farmers the day before or the night of will also happen to notice UFOs. What's going on? This is phenomena that is beyond uh, explanation. You see this uh, all over the place. Here's an article from the Denver Post in 2016. So this is still ongoing where ranchers are baffled by these cow mutilations. Now, people who don't take the time to look into it and study it and look at the details are quick to dismiss it as if, you know, oh, this is just, you know, just regular a, a coyote or a, a mountain lion or something like that. But nothing about the circumstances uh, indicates that. And those types of experiences are well known and well documented. Any cattle rancher is going to know if a coyote or a mountain lion or some other predator attacked one of its cattle. They leave telltale signs. But that's not what's going on here. Is this some type of paranormal, demonic activity? I'm not suggesting that we know the answers, but it's precisely because we don't know the answers and it defies logic that this is classified as quote-unquote paranormal. And the Bible plainly teaches that as we get nearer and nearer to the final cosmic struggle between good and evil, when Christ comes back to rescue the church in the air before the great and terrible day of the Lord, and then the Antichrist takes the helm, and we see all types of cosmic battles taking place on planet Earth, it does it follow that there would be an uptick in this type of angelic-slash-demonic paranormal activity. Now, speaking of strange but true, I'm not sure if you have been following the Missing 411 documentary series by David Politis, a former Colorado native. He's a retired um, police officer, and um, he is uh, famous for doing research throughout North America, not just in America, but also in Canada, of all of the national parks and forests and cataloging in a series of 10 or 12 books now uh, all of the missing persons cases that do not fit any potential normal explanation. So if there was a thought of a human abduction or, uh, again, being attacked by a mountain lion or something like that, or if there was thoughts of it could have been suicide, if there's any indication that it could be, ex be explained by normal means, the way normal missing persons cases are solved, he doesn't include them. They're excluded. All of these cases are inexplicable. Now, things like a, a two-year-old boy hiking uh, with his parents. The mom turns her back for one second, uh, turns back around, the, the boy's, the two-year-old's gone. Uh, searchers, search and rescue come, comes in, hundreds of people, helicopters, uh, you know, army personnel and other trained search and rescue people search for days. And then after, you know, six days, the child is found right in the same path where hundreds of searchers and rescuers had looked before and say he's missing his shoes. Just weird things like that. What What is happening here? And, you know, to discuss this sort of abduction phenomena, the, the general consensus among those who study this is there's some type of abduction going on, but they can't figure out how it could happen through natural means. There's no way a person could get there and, and, and get out of the area. These are very remote areas without leaving a trace. There's no signs of air travel uh, and things like that. So I want to show you a short clip from one of David Politis' uh, new uh, documentaries called The Hunted, and this will kind of give you a little taste of the type of stuff that he is researching. So watch this. 
Tom, you around? When Mr. Lost simply vanished. Generally speaking, hunters are very experienced and knowledgeable outdoorsmen. And so when one vanishes, you know something unusual has occurred. As a hunter, you're like, I'm fine. I'm armed. I'm safe. There's no reason for why these people go missing. They never found anything. Not the walkie-talkie, not his gun, nothing. Obviously, an animal didn't get to because there'd be a big scatter. Bees to find. The FBI doesn't investigate missing adults. So then why would the FBI arrive on Tom Messick's case? When you see hundreds of victims scattered throughout our national forests and national parks, you have to question the reality of it. So he could have made fire. He had a gun. He could have signaled help. What happened to him? I'd like to know, but I don't think we ever will. Whatever it is, it's big. And we started recording them. Frequencies go way above and way below the abilities of humans. I look and I'm thinking, what is this thing in the trees? It went from like tree to tree, and then it just, it disappeared. Is it possible for an 82-year-old man to simply vanish while sitting alone in the woods? Can a man with severe hypothermia hike six miles through snow with no shoes? This is one of those recurring phenomena. It's gonna happen again, it's just a matter of time. None of it makes any sense. So people have, you know, no idea what is going on here. It's fascinating, but at the same time, if you have a biblical worldview and you understand what the Bible says about phenomena and this spiritual battle, and that art we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, it provides a possible explanation. And if you overlay that with what we know is going to happen in the end times, it certainly uh, raises some obvious uh, questions. Um, now, I want to show you this short little uh, interview, about a minute or so, from John Keel and Ned, Nick Redfern, uh, talking about how alien abductions almost have to be demonic, because there's a whole segment of people who, many of them are not believers, some of them are, I mean, they may know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, but they're not necessarily biblicists, but a large segment of people who study this thing are convinced that these are alien abductions from another planet, Martians. But as we talked about last week in our study of uh, UFOs, our look at the UFO phenomena, um, we know that doesn't, you know, purport to go along with what the Bible says. That's, that's inconsistent with the truth of God's Word. So there has to be some other explanation for it. We talked about last week how UFOs are real, no question about it, but how we interpret the data uh, it, it may be different if you understand God's Word to be the only standard uh, for uh, our truth. So here's two guys. I'm not even sure if either of them are a believer, but they understand this to be dimensional and not uh, related to alien, um, you know, uh, abductions of some kind. Demonology is not just another crackpotology. It is the ancient and scholarly study of the monsters and demons who have seemingly coexisted with man throughout history. Thousands of books have been written on the subject, many of them authored by educated clergymen, scientists, and scholars, and uncounted numbers of well-documented demonic events are readily available to every researcher. One of the main reasons why I suspect the phenomenon is not extraterrestrial is because it's constantly changing. 
If we go back to, say, the Middle Ages in England, we get reports of fairies, of goblins, of little creatures that would abduct people, they would experience missing time, there would be a sexual component to a lot of these cases, and they parallel eerily today's abduction experiences with the so-called greys. So the goalposts are constantly shifting in what the aliens look like, and I think a lot of it reflects our beliefs and our pop culture as to how they manifest for us. So again, you know, I don't know if these guys are believers or not, but I do. I have read tons of Rick, Nick Redfern's stuff. He's an exceptional researcher and writer and very detailed and documented, written dozens upon dozens of books. And uh, here's these guys looking at it logically, using the scientific method and basically saying, we can't explain this, but we certainly can rule out uh, some things. Uh, and one of the things that fascinates me, going back to our study of the spirit of um, pretense, deception, and our look at how many times governments have lied to its own people, including the United States government, about certain things. Uh, this next little segment I'm going to show you really uh, begs the question, what are they not telling us? What are those in high levels of authority in our government who've been researching this? Remember we said Project Blue Book goes all the way back to 1947, well, the precursors to it, but certainly the government has been studying these types of paranormal UAPs uh, for, you know, 73 years. Uh, what are they not telling us as it relates to this deception? So this next clip is, again, talking about uh, and by the way, I, my thanks to uh, Gary Bates. These are clips from the documentary Alien Intrusion, which I highly recommend. It's worth the purchase. Uh, it comes at this from a very conservative biblical standpoint. Uh, Gary Bates is a godly Christian, a creation uh, expert uh, with Creation Ministries International. And uh, so this was their documentary called Alien Intrusion. And I've just kind of picked selected clips from this that relate to what we're talking about uh, here. So let's watch this next uh, clip, just about two minutes or so. One of the most suspicious things about this issue of the phenomenon claiming to be extraterrestrial is that they're constantly coming up with new places or old places from wherever they came. Back in the 50s it was Mars, it was Venus, it was Saturn. Then in the 60s we heard stories about Zeta Reticuli and today you know it's multiple star systems all across the universe now we know for sure or we're pretty sure at least that mars and venus are not homes to massive civilizations of extraterrestrials lo and behold the aliens don't claim to come from mars or venus anymore today the stories that the alleged abductees have been given all contradict each other so they can't all be true also, they've been given people messages that we can confirm to be lies. Their intent seems to be to deceive people about where they came from. Now, in 2007, I interviewed a man named Ray Boucher. And in uh, 1991, he was approached by two U.S. Department of Defense scientists who were working on a program to contact what they called NHEs, or non-human entities. At first, they thought they were dealing with extraterrestrials. Over time, they found that it was almost as if a dark cloud had fallen on the project. People fell sick, some died, there were very strange runs of bad luck. And they came to believe that what they were dealing with was something literally demonic, but masquerading as extraterrestrial. 
The reason why they contacted Ray was because of his almost unique background of, as a MUFON state director and as an active priest. When I interviewed Ray, he was able to share more data and I was actually able to speak to some of the people involved and there's no doubt that their conclusions sort of accord with the idea that this is some sort of demonic deception that is highly dangerous and that there is at least a small elite, if you like, within the government that fully believes that particular theory. So when trying to sort of make sense of what we see happening all around us, again, first of all, you have to do your own research. You have to be aware of it. If all you do is watch Fox News and CNN and read mainstream media, you're not even aware that this stuff is going on. For, for some of you, you know, watching that video from the last week on uh, the spirit of the Antichrist and UFOs, that was maybe the first time you'd ever even known how widespread UFO studies and research uh, was. So we have to be able to sort of think critically for ourselves. But those of us who know the Lord and believe the Bible is our standard, uh, we've got to be able to run everything through the lens of Scripture. So what we're talking about here is the fact that the Bible clearly states there are demonic and angelic beings. We've studied that in this series. We understand that they are doing things within our midst that are beyond explanation. We also know that demons and angels can manifest as human beings. The Bible clearly teaches that. Hebrews says that be careful to entertain a stranger because you might be entertaining an angel unaware. And in the Old Testament, we see examples of demons manifesting themselves in human beings. In Jesus' day, we see demons manifesting themselves within humans and also even within animals. So they can shape-shift um, you know, there's all kinds of uh, things that demonic uh, beings can uh, can do. So we know this is all true. Now, does that mean that every there's a demon behind every bush today? Of course not. Uh, but I'm saying as we study it and we can't explain it, that's what paranormal uh, means, uh, is there a possible biblical explanation? And I believe, as I said last week, that since 1947, when Israel became a nation uh, the very next year, May 15, 1948, uh, Satan and his demons have recognized that time is short, that God is reaching the end of his plan of the ages, when he's going to usher in the long-awaited messianic kingdom, and, and he's going to make all things new ultimately. And, and Satan and uh, his demons are going to be cast into the everlasting lake of fire. Satan knows that that's at least God's game plan. He doesn't believe it's true, and he thinks he can stop it, but he knows that's his game plan. So, of course, as he sees some of these things happening in geopolitical events, he's going to ratchet up his attempts uh, to overtake the world and, and defeat uh, Christ. So we see many other uh, examples of the spirit of the Antichrist that we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. We're only on number two of seven manifestations, but it's two pretty big ones, the spirit of pretense and the spirit of phenomena. Now, before we close out, I want to kind of bring it back, th th this session, I want to bring it back to a spiritual perspective and look once again at some remarks made uh, by a pastor friend of mine, uh, Pastor Johnny Hunt. We looked at him uh, last week, but this includes uh, several quotes uh, from Johnny and some others as well, including Jim Suttle, who's the senior pastor there in Roswell, New Mexico. We talked about him a little bit uh, last week, and it talks about what, how do we interact with and, and how do we talk with alien abduction experiencers? There's a whole group out there, thousands upon thousands, literally, without exaggerating, of people who think they've been abducted by aliens because they have had some type of experience that they can't explain. 
And they've been convinced through deception that it's some type of alien experience. But what do we do with that? Recognizing that our task is to spread the gospel, to share Christ with others, to make a difference in this world, and to, uh, to be ready to look up and be watchful uh, for when Christ returns. Recognizing that, how do we interact? So I thought this was really helpful. Uh, it's about a three-minute, a little bit less than a three-minute uh, quote here, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap up. But we're warned in the New Testament, too, that evil forces masquerade as angels of light. There's a range of competing isms, religions, and supernatural experiences that one can have. Let's not overcomplicate things here because there is one motive with all of it, and that is to turn our attention away from the one true source of truth. Even the Apostle Paul in Galatians wrote that if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Two of the world's largest religions actually started this way. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, claimed he was given extra-biblical revelation by an angel. And Muhammad, the founder of Islam, meditated in a cave for several months and was visited in the same way. And in both cases, we have substitute Bibles. The most significant thing about UFO encounters is the way in which the witness is radically changed. It's almost like their worldview has altered, as if they're pursuing a new religion, something along those lines. There have even been replacement gospels written by contactees, who now, transformed by their experiences, are ongoing and willing recipients of this new revelation. Like contactee Billy Meyer, who claimed to have unearthed the missing gospel, or one could say a replacement Bible, which was called the Talmud of Emmanuel. And they claim it represents the true life and teachings of Jesus. You know, you contrast these personal experiences that happened alone, unverifiable, with the massive eyewitness evidence for Jesus Christ, his teaching and his miracles for three and a half years, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave and, and then ascended into heaven. This is not just one person's visitor experience story that has no external corroboration like the many alleged abductees who've become really their own religious UFO messiahs today. They may well have had an experience, we don't question that, but it was not from the God of the Bible. He would not contradict what he has already revealed to us. And unless one starts from the Bible as the source of truth, you won't really have the ability to discern the experience or the phenomenon for what it is. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So again, I highly encourage you to purchase the documentary by uh, Gary Bates called Alien Intrusion. It's about an hour and a half, I believe, uh, a documentary in total. A, a lot of excellent stuff, maybe even a little longer. And I uh, am just kind of showing a couple of two or three, one or two minute clips in the midst of this uh, series under the Fair Use uh, Act. Certainly not uh, making any money off of this and trying to uh, take any money away from them. I want to encourage you to buy the the, uh, the documentary. But uh, let me sum up this idea of the spirit of phenomena by just making some suggestions. 
again, I, I don't have, I don't pretend to have any special insight into what exactly is going on or what Satan is exactly doing or even what God's timetable is, of course. We don't know. All we know is the next great prophetic event is the rapture. After that, we have a pretty clear picture spelled out in, in the Bible as to what will happen when, but we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. Um, but if the rapture were to happen in our day, and suddenly millions of believers were to disappear, to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, as the Bible promises, and all hell were literally to then break loose on the earth, as the restraining influence of the church is no longer here, and Satan indwells the Antichrist, who then takes the helm, signs a peace treaty, and starts that final seven-year clock uh, ticking, what might he need to do to get the entire world at that time to worship him? and to follow him and to look to him as a one-world leader. Remember, he's not omniscient, and he's certainly not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful, in other words. He can't force people to do things. So it's possible that one way that we might, one scenario that might lead to the entire world rallying around this new one-world leader is if we were invaded, or they thought we were invaded, I should say, by some alien space force. And if they could convince people that, oh, look, we've been studying this forever and all these people disappeared, clearly they were abducted by aliens and now we've got to rally together. We, we can't have national sovereignty. Forget the United States. We've got to have this one world, new world order, this global system. And, and if you'll just follow me and take the mark of the beast and do what I tell you, then we can defeat this enemy. I mean, Satan is the great deceiver. Jesus said everything he says is a lie. When he lies, he speaks from his own resources because that's all he knows how to do. So he is the, a master deceiver and certainly a, a deception on this level. And we've talked a lot about deception, so I don't want to belabor that point. Go back and watch you know, the, the third and fourth and fifth uh, uh, videos in this series. Um, but certainly a deception on that level is not hard to foresee. It's hard, not hard to see how that could happen. Uh, so that's just one scenario, uh, one possibility. But clearly, and we could talk a lot more about different phenomena, but I want you to begin to think through that lens as we look at the spirit of the Antichrist that's already at work in the world today. I want you to th consider and think about uh, you know, how uh, these types of things, this uptick in these types of things, uh, even though there's been phenomena for 2,000 years of church history, and certainly even before the church going back into the Old Testament times, certainly there's been deception, and there's going to be some of these other things that we're going to talk about have been around since the beginning. But are we seeing an increase in them? Remember, one of the major uh, premises of this series is 2 Timothy 3.13, where we're warned that evil men and impostors will get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That means that all of these evil activities that are already at work in the world, as Paul says they are, are going to get worse and worse. You know, sometimes people say, ah, oh, you know, evil's always been around and everybody thinks it's worse in their day, but, you know, it was just as bad in my day. Not true. Not true. In my lifetime, I've seen exponential, uh, you know, advancements in degenerative behavior. When I was a kid, we understood a boy was a boy and a girl was a girl. We didn't have this gender surrender movement, this gender neutrality notion. We didn't have people declaring whether they were male or female. That's a major shift that cuts right to the heart of the image of God in man. So, so you better believe deception is getting worse and evil is getting worse. And what does it all mean? Well, as we continue this series in our next video, 
We're going to shift forward from this idea of the spirit of phenomena to number three in our list of manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist, and that is the spirit of pride. Are there ways in which we see pride, narcissism, manifesting itself like never before? Well, thanks for watching and stay tuned for the next uh, video in this series.